PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing cut-down day and some of the moves around the NFL. Unfortunately, yes, it's a tough day, Sam, for a lot of people. Uh, getting cut, 860-plus players. But there are some other moves. There's some, some trades around the league, some big names moving on. So let's go through some of them, Sam. Who, uh, who stood out to you here on uh, Tuesday Cut Day? Yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest news, I think, of the day is Alex Leatherwood, the last year's first-round pick for the Las Vegas Raiders, got cut. Um, They are paying him a chunk of money, essentially, to not play for the team. And, you know, everyone's like, well, why didn't you trade for him? They tried. They tried to get rid of him. You know, all these guys that are significant names, they're not getting cut without teams manning the phones and checking they can get something out of it, right? That's why all this stuff leaks early so that everybody that might be interested can pick up the phone and say, hey, I heard you were going to cut this guy. How about we flip you a conditional seventh round pick for him instead? You know, and that, that's how these things work. So the Raiders tried to trade Leatherwood and couldn't find a single team to bite, despite the fact that they've already eaten, you know, the, the chunk of guaranteed money on the contract. And it's a reasonable deal for anybody to pick up and take a swing as a reclamation project. So Leatherwood was pretty disastrous as a rookie, utterly abysmal at right tackle. They moved him into guard pretty quickly after like a month, four games, something like that. He still gave up 65 pressures, the most of any offensive lineman in the NFL, regardless of position. It wasn't looking a whole lot better this preseason. Um, A lot of reasons that they would cut him, and yet it still feels maybe a little bit rash, or, or at least that there's a team out there that could pick him up if they have a good offensive line coach. And, you know, try and try and get him somewhere towards where he should have been. Because, look, he was overdrafted by the Raiders. I think that's fair. They reached. But he was still a consensus second-round prospect. And that itself should have some value right now. That was what I was going to say. Leatherwood, so last year he finishes with a 45 overall grade, 31 as a pass blocker, which, as you mentioned, half the season, more than half the season. I mean, every game but four was at right guard. So that's it's hard to put up a pass blocking grade that low. Um, and then run blocking was at 62, not not terrible. Uh, but most of these guys, it's like, all right, if you don't want to start Alex Leatherwood, new new regime, new coaching staff with the Raiders, that's fine. There's still potential there, right? There's enough potential that most people thought he was a second-round prospect, as you said, but you know the Raiders didn't go that way. So I think he's worth a shot as a developmental player. He'll stick around this league just because of the first-round pedigree, whether people wanted him to go there or not. But I think it comes back to what the dangers of – uh, drafting off of the consensus board or completely away from the consensus and just focused on my evaluation and my guys and not having an idea that, hey, if the rest of the league valued this guy in the second, take someone else at 17 overall, and if you get him in the second, you get him in the second. There's not one player. You don't have to go into the draft and say, I have to get this one player at this one position because if you don't get him, it's okay. There's other players there because your evaluations aren't always great. So it turns out to be a pretty bad draft pick for the Raiders. Anyway, yeah, uh, other many. other news that I thought was was interesting. Sometimes you have big names or somewhat big names traded. Uh, LaVisca Chenault gets traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Carolina Panthers. And you have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the slot corner slash safety for the New Orleans Saints getting traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, both guys, I think, come with probably more name value than on-field production. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, a guy that a lot of people liked coming out of Colorado, second rounder. A lot of people had him as a first rounder if he wasn't injured. He had kind of that dual, you know, he could play a little running back, yards after the catch. It just never materialized for Chenault. But 
another guy I would love to take a shot on him. I think it's an intriguing move by the Panthers to see if they can rectify Chenault's career. Yeah, the, Chenault's another one where a lot of people liked him. There really hasn't been a lot to like in the NFL so far. Um, he's one of those players where I think he might need a specific gimmick role within an offense, and then he brings the added wrinkle of, and he might be injury-prone or fragile or whatever you want to term it. Like, Ideally, you want those guys to, at the very minimum, be bulletproof and you know they're always going to be there. A guy like Cordero Patterson, you know, whatever about how difficult it was to carve a role where Cordero Patterson could do what he does, at least you knew he was always going to be there, and he was very durable. He didn't get injured an awful lot, and you had him around so you could figure it out. Chenault, you've got to try and figure out how you get the best out of him, how you use him, how you hide his deficiencies, and also, is he going to get hurt while you're doing that? So I think that was one of those deals where it showed you how sort of down the rest of the league has become on Chenault since he entered the league. Uh, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson Gardner one is a little bit more intriguing because I think that was a case of the Saints couldn't get a deal done to extend him long term. And they've decided, well, let's move on now. Let's try and get a trade done and move in that direction at this point. Um, and you're right. He, a lot of people love him. And I think a big reason for it is he is by far the best on-field troll in the NFL. That man can wind up the opposition unlike anybody else in the entire league. He's already had multiple players throw a punch at him when he's got his helmet on. Um, that, like, That's the degree to which he's able to piss people off. So I, I think he's got some ability and he can play in the slot. The Eagles are going to line him up at safety since they cut Anthony Harris to make room for him. Um, and it, that, that's going to be a fun one to watch because that's a really good defense. And I think Gardner Johnson does have a good, good ability to sort of read the game and understand what's going on. It's not necessarily a position he's played a ton of, but I think he could probably transition there reasonably well. I want to get back to that move in a minute, but first, get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And now everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. You get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. It's code PFF only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call. 1-800-GAMBLER, minimum $5 deposit and wager, $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. The Eagles move to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Here's why I love it. I just look at the war numbers that he brings to the table. 0.25, quarter of a win. It, it doesn't sound like a huge number. It's a good number for a defensive back. That's what he's averaged over the last three years. James Bradbury, the guy that we've, you know, we've complimented that move by the Eagles, he added 0.4 wins uh, on average over the last three seasons as well. So now you're talking about the Eagles adding two players after the draft for pennies on the dollar, right? I mean, this we, we, we sit here and talk all the time about big-name free agents and draft picks and all that stuff. The Eagles grabbing players like, these are, these are the things that kind of put you over the top. These are the moves, excellent moves by the Eagles to get two very good players in a secondary that did need some help this offseason, and they've done it really cheaply yeah. with two good players. I mean, I, I think the Eagles have had a phenomenal offseason, almost start to finish, 
they've made so many good moves. They made them in a variety of different ways. They've hit sort of every facet of the team building portion of the year, whether it's draft, whether it's the big money free agents, whether it's the low money free agents, whether it's the sort of post uh, training camp, post preseason cut period, like every little step of the way, the Eagles have made just a little move or a a small bit of tinkering here and there. And every one of them seems to have made the team demonstrably better and they're they're starting to get Super Bowl hype for a reason. Like they've made massive strides across the board. The big the big name was AJ Brown at the draft, but I, I, you know as much as I love that and the splash move from the Eagles, I do like these other moves just picking up good, solid players at valuable positions after the fact. Uh, any other names that that stand out to you, Sam? As far as cut day goes, our old friend Henry Anderson released from the New England Patriots. Hopefully, he catches on somewhere else. Yeah, Henry cut loose. Um, O.J. Howard cut. This was one that I think people knew was coming, but still, it's an, it's it's just notable that it happened. He went from a, a really, you know, a potentially impactful weapon as a tight end, a guy with incredible athletic gifts, potentially good as a blocker and a receiver, hasn't really done it consistently at all in the NFL and you go, well, he's going to Buffalo. That's a nice fit. And just immediately was sort of jumped on the depth chart and was kind of on his way out from pretty early. And Buffalo just becomes the next team to give up on OJ Howard. Yeah. OJ Howard really could have been something special skill wise, right? I mean, coming out of Alabama was an excellent run blocker, size, speed, ball skills. He's shown all of that at some point, but if you go look at the PFF grades, it was bad, good, bad, good, bad, essentially, as far as his grades go. And one of the good years, he was hurt. He only played about four weeks. So it did seem like he's a perfect guy to be a number two tight end, kind of play like uh, David Njoku's been for the Cleveland Browns the last couple of years. Hey, just go be a receiver for the most part. But uh, look, I think some of the tight end needy teams should still take a look at O.J. Howard, um, not because of the first round pedigree, but the skills are there and he's at least shown it at some point during his career. So cut day, never fun, never good watching guys, you know, lose out in their dream but there was some player movement you can check it all out with the pff app go download go download it at the app store pff search it right now we got our cut tracker right there it's a pff and probably